the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Yay, that would be me. Welcome, moms. And some dads and kids, dogs and cats. I'm a fan of dogs. I'm not necessarily a cat lady, but they can listen if they want to. Uh, (laughs) Yes, this is Channel Mom, where we encourage moms. We do focus on your amazing value. I know so many moms are are exhausted and worn out, but still doing their best to sacrifice and love their kids and feel like nobody notices. So that's why we exist, to encourage you, to thank you, to cheer you on. Here's a question for you. Does lack of control make you feel very uneasy? Maybe that, that need to control your life for you know yourself, but also for your kids, causes you anxiety. I think a lot of moms like me can struggle with the control thing. That doesn't make us control freaks. We just want to make everything work out for our families and for our kids. So today on the show, we've got help from Sharon Hottie Miller. That is her name, Sharon Hottie. Uh, She's coming up. She's the author of The Cost of Control, Why We Crave It, The Anxiety It Gives Us, and The Real Power God Promises. Stick around. That's coming up on Channel Mom. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals, delivering food, supplies, and medicine, keeping communities safe, making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association at this station. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hey, welcome back. Man, I hope this show has something that you need to hear today. I really do. My prayer is always that we can bless a mom where she's at. So that is what I hope that we do today. All right, I'm going to ask Jim to queue up uh, some applause because we have a brand new market to welcome to Channel Mom. Yay! A shout out to our friends in Salem, Oregon. We're so glad you're on board now with Channel Mom, one of those uh, that we call our affiliates. Welcome, you guys, to Channel Mom and also our friends in Oklahoma, Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska, Little Rock, Arkansas, Springfield, Illinois, also Colorado Springs, Idaho, and then right here in Denver. So grateful for you guys. I'm hoping that list gets long enough that maybe I just can't say them all at the same time. I just have to do a few a week. And welcome to our podcast listeners. Really grateful for you guys. We're, we uh, want to grow our podcast. So please tell other moms about the fact that we exist wherever you get your favorite podcasts on Spotify and Audible, Apple, Google Podcasts. 
Podbean, you know, tell other mom friends that uh, it's half an hour of encouragement for them each week. I'd be really grateful for that. And then finally, um, we're also going to tell you about another book today, which you can win on the show. But my book, (laughs) Mom, You're Amazing, Changing the World One Life at a Time. Uh, I'm going to tell you how to find it. I think, and I've certainly heard from a lot of moms that say, it, it reconnects them with how much they matter as mothers, as grandmothers, how they have this important, even holy role that they're shaping that next generation. And it has mothering secrets from, from eight moms in the book, some incredible secrets. And it can be life-changing for you and reconnect you with your incredible value as a mother. You can find it uh, at Mom, You're Amazing, which you are, momyouramazing.com, momyouramazing.com, or on Amazon. And uh, now it's time to welcome our guest. I can't believe this is her name. It's Sharon Hottie Miller. Now, it's not H-O-T-T-I-E, but it's H-O-D-D-E. But she literally gets to walk in and say, hello, I'm a hottie. (laughs) Sharon Hottie Miller, she has a PhD. She's a teaching pastor at Bright City Church in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, She co-founded that church with her husband, Ike. She's the author of Free Me and Nice. She blogs at sheworships.com. She's also a regular regular contributor to Propel. All kinds of stuff. I could go on and on. Um, she's written for Christianity Today and Encourage. But now she's here with us on Channel Mom. All about her new book today is what we're going to discuss. The Cost of Control. Why we crave it. The anxiety it gives us. And the real power that God promises. You can win this book today all over the country. You guys just uh, need to email us at info at channelmom.org, info at channelmom.org to win the book. Welcome, Sharon, to Channel Mom. Hi, Jenny. I'm so glad to have you on board. All right, we like to do this little thing that we call a show setup soundbite. And this is, this is a little unusual. I always worry. I mean, I, I try to bring in secular stuff because I want to welcome every mom and a mom that, you know, doesn't know scripture, doesn't follow the Bible yet, um, can feel welcome and say, Hey, you know, they're not, they're not preaching at me all the time. They, they get it. They live in the real world. So I, I always go in search of, of a more secular soundbite that can kind of go along with what we're talking about. And <laughs> we're talking about the fact that I think just about every human being thinks that they would be better off if they could control their own life. And they're constantly pleading with God for what they want, or maybe even not pleading with God, but they're just trying to set things in place to keep themselves safe and to to control their lives. And so I went out and and I searched for a a movie that might express that. And And I came upon Bruce Almighty, where Jim Carrey is literally saying, hey, it would be better if I were in control, God. And and the the character playing God, Morgan Freeman, talks about what Jim Carrey is is saying to him and, and has screamed at him. And here's the soundbite. The gloves are off, God. God has taken my bird and my bush. God is a mean kid with a magnifying glass. Smite me, almighty smiter. Now, I'm not much for blaspheming, but that last one made me laugh. You spy on me? Who are you? I'm the one. Creator of the heavens and the earth. Alpha and Omega. Yes, Alpha and Omega. They actually did quote the Bible in that movie. But here's the thing. What, what do you think? I mean, I think that most, most of us at one point, at one moment, if not a lot of moments in our life, think I would be so be- much better off if I could control my life, God, because you're, you're not doing you know, a good enough job. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how often we get to the point of thinking things would be better if I was in charge and 
instead of God. Yeah. I think we just stop at things would be better if I was in charge. <laughs> right. Right. And you why know, do things we... would be better if I was in charge of where I'm working or my, you know, family or my church or, you know, whatever it is. I think that's really underneath our urge to control for sure. Yeah. Or when we come upon a problem. We would say, well, God, I wouldn't have allowed this. Why are you allowing it? And, and maybe you're right. And maybe some people aren't even talking to God about control. They just want it. So, so let's okay. start with that. The book is called The Cost of Control, Why We Crave It. That's the beginning of the subtitle. So why do we crave control? There's a couple reasons why we crave control. The first goes back to the very beginning in, in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve, they're, they're living in the garden and they have everything essential to thrive, but they are not in control. And they decide that they would be more empowered if they were in control. And so they reach for that fruit and they eat of the tree of knowledge and that becomes the blueprint for all of humanity. We are essentially doomed to reenact that moment again and again, every time we reach for control to empower us or to fix things, we are reenacting that moment and all of its consequences. And so that's one reason why. Another reason why we throw it with it is our culture. We live in a culture that constantly promises us control. They, our culture tells us you can control your body, you know, you can defy aging, you can control your health if you just eat a certain way or avoid certain foods, or you can predict, you know, what the weather is going to be or, you know, what, what's going to happen in this big world event. And so our, our culture is constantly promising us control. But then there's a third reason, which is simply that the world is, is not as it should be. And we crave security and we crave stability in a world of brokenness and chaos. And, and that last part is, is not sin and it's not wrong and it's not idolatry. That, that is our souls crying out for that Genesis 1 world that we were actually created for. And it, it manifests when we take it too far to control, but at its core is actually echoing something very good and God-given. Yeah, because oh, we are made in his image. And I think all mm -hmm. of that stuff that you're talking about, or at least most of it was amped up during the pandemic and people felt so out mm -hmm. of control and they wanted control. And so they reached mm -hmm. for the things that they felt like would give them a sense of control at least, you know, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of moms have that extra level of needing to control because they want to control their children's lives and make sure that everything turns out all right and that their kids turn out all right. I'm going to read a definition that you give in the book that I really liked as a mother because I thought, well, this resonates with me. You're searching for kind of a higher definition of the word control. And you talk about Jennifer Dukes Lee and you say this, she interprets the craving for control as believing I'm safer and more secure if I'm in charge. And you say control is not just about actual influence, but the feeling of power mm -hmm. attached to that. Can, can you mm -hmm. expand on that? Yeah, so when we think about control, we tend to think of just that very simple act of imposing our will on a person or a situation. But there's another angle of this whole conversation, which is just about the feeling of being in control or the feeling of being out of control. And for a lot of us, what we're really after is just that feeling. And that's why I have a whole chapter devoted to the illusion of control, which is actually a psychological term. I didn't know this. I've, I've used that phrase many, many times, but I didn't know that that's actually like a, 
a psychological term describing this, this human pathology where we will imagine we have control where we have none. And, and the reason we, we do this is that we feel better. We actually feel better. There's been studies on this that we are less anxious, we're less depressed when we think that we are in control, regardless of whether we actually are. And so that's why we, we run after that illusion of control. And, and even if it does give us some benefit, you know, in the interim, at some point, because it's an illusion, it will be shattered and we will be left to confront the reality that we have been trying to deny. And that's actually what happened during the pandemic is, is we felt out of control. We felt like suddenly the entire world had changed. And that's not at all what happened. The world has always been unpredictable. The yeah. world has always been chaotic. But thanks to our technology, we've been able to retreat into this illusion of control. And then all of a sudden that was taken away and we found ourselves spiritually and emotionally unprepared to face it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get into debates about this because certainly different people feel differently about this. But I did see that that we wanted to believe that masks would give us control or that a vaccine would give us control or a medicine would give us control or staying away from people. Mm-hmm. And we never have ultimate control. And mm-hmm. and we kind of bowed down to that God of fear and said, mm-hmm. I have to figure out a way to get control over and, <laughs> over mm-hmm. and above this. And and it, it just wreaked havoc. The whole thing, you know, not only mm-hmm. the, the disease itself, but the reaction to to the disease wreaked havoc, mm-hmm. especially in this area. So I love that you you tie it to that. So let's talk about this. You 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 link the the need to control and even the illusion to control. The reason that we have that illusion is because we want to reduce our anxiety. Because if we don't have control, you, you cite all these studies that say it's it's a great cause of anxiety is is not feeling mm-hmm. like we have control and that really did happen during mm-hmm. the pandemic. So how do you mm-hmm. think this applies to mothers and explain to moms? Mm-hmm. What happens mm-hmm. to them when they when they don't feel like they have control and it leads to anxiety? Mm-hmm. Can you just explain that process to mothers? Yeah. So one of the things that I unpack, and, and this is really the whole title of the book, is not just that it's not just that we don't have control or that we shouldn't control, but that it actually costs us when we try to exert control. And this is not a maybe this is not an if it's, it's a win it's, it's a definite this will definitely cost us and the reason that we know this is inescapable is going back to genesis 3 is that every time we reenact that moment where, where adam and eve are, are reaching for control to empower them we are reenacting that when we grasp for control but the, the other thing we're reenacting is the consequences of that moment immediately after they eat that fruit they experience shame they experience anxiety and they experience brokenness between one another and between themselves and god and so when we reach for control we reenact that moment and we also reenact its consequences and so this comes out in all sorts of ways. Whenever we reach for control to fix something, it, it actually only breaks it more. And I have to tell you, my, my kids are really young, and I've, I've found this to be so sobering because with children, and I think it's really similar in marriage as well, is, you know, on the one hand, we are called to steward our influence in the lives of our children. We are called to exercise our authority. We are called to discipline. We are called to, you know, teach them how to follow Jesus and and how to be, you know, responsible people in the world. But what we are not called to is to control them. Uh And ultimately, we cannot control them. We cannot control the 
path that they choose for their lives. We cannot control whether or not they actually love Jesus. And when we mistake our influence as us being responsible for the outcome of our children, that is when we stray into the territory of control. And the reason this really has has sobered me is that we don't often see the cost of that for a long time. You know, my kids are little enough where I can very easily control them and I won't see they'll they'll actually look like really wonderful, you know, rule followers yeah, <laughs> yeah. in in the immediate. But unfortunately, I won't see the cost for maybe 10, 20 years. And at that point, the damage is done and, and healing the, the cost of, of controlling your kids takes a lot of time. And, and anyone who, I'm sure there are listeners who grew up in homes like that, where you had a really controlling parent and how control is basically poison for a relationship. And so that's something that I've really spent a lot of time searching scripture and, and praying and, and seeking wise counsel on is how do we walk that line between, you know, being responsible, you know, being a, a, a you know, godly parent, but not controlling our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to interject because we've got about eight or nine minutes left. And, and I really want you to touch on some things because I know that mom's crave more than control they crave answers and so I want to let people know we are going to get to what she calls the real power that God promises us that will overcome Mm -hmm. our need to control it will just release us so but two things in the meantime I I would like you to 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 address I want to get to the body shaming thing because I think a lot of women struggle with that and and I want to get to how how does releasing control to a certain degree a healthy degree because we still have to have influence in our children's lives mm-hmm. but but how mm-hmm. does releasing control kind of ease us of that burnout I mean I've got a teenager and a 20 something and as you're saying mm-hmm. that I'm like I certainly did try to control them sometimes because I wanted to have perfect children um, yes. and, and uh-huh. so how, how do we navigate that so do you want me to talk about controlling our bodies first Sure, because I do think so many women, and you talk about body shaming and, and the lack of control uh-huh. there. To, yes, address that. Yeah, so one area of our lives that we try to control is, is our bodies. And as I mentioned, part of the reason we really struggle with controlling our bodies is that our culture tells us that we can control our bodies. Yeah. You know, it tells us here are all the ways that you can defy aging. Here are all the diets that you can, you know, practice so that you don't get cancer, you don't get this disease or, you know, whatever it is. And so we are assured of our mastery over our bodies and that we can make our bodies submit to us. And for a time, for some of us, for a time, we can believe this lie. You know, we can experience some success in this, especially when you're young, if you have never wrestled with chronic illness. But over time, as you age, that illusion begins to shatter. And what happens is one of the costs of trying to control your body is that you make an enemy of your body. It's Uh it's why you are ashamed of your body, is that you are told your body should submit to you, but your body is failing to do this. It's not holding up its end of the bargain. 
And so that's a huge, huge pitfall of, of trying to control our bodies and being told we can control our bodies is that we end up being really alienated from our bodies yeah. instead of naming them and appreciating them as good. Yeah, yeah. That gives us a kind of freedom when we do that. All right. So, so the last two things, obviously we need to get to the solution w- with God. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. before that, for the mom out there that just thinks, how do I di- differentiate between the control that's giving me burnout in parenting and, and stepping uh-huh. back from trying to control. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I've already alluded to this, but a big part of it is understanding that you are not responsible for the outcome. I think about in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's talking about ministry, and he, he says how, you know, he waters and you know, and another, you know, plants or sows and how they, they all take part in this kind of sowing into the kingdom of God, but ultimately it is God who gives the growth. And that is so important for us to understand as parents that it is exactly the same, that we can sow, you know, the truth of God's word into our children. We can, you know, teach them how to live wise and in godly lives. We can, you know, cultivate this, this life of um, wholeness and, and love and um, honoring God, but at the end of the day, it is God who gives the growth. Yeah. And when we forget this, we will start to control our children. And another way that this really plays out that I'm sure other people have experienced as well is, is part of the reason we control our children is because we love them. We want them to make choices that are are healthy and good for them. But another reason we control our children is that we also treat them as an extension of us. Yeah, it's pride. Yeah, it's pride. And when you treat your child as if they reflect on you in some way, then you are going to manage them. You are going to control them to make sure that they reflect on you and the family the way that you want them to. And so those are two ways that, that we end up Straying out of that territory of our, you know, God-given responsibility into the realm of control. Yeah, we have to manage the pride part, and I certainly <laughs> failed at that sometimes. All right, we we literally have about three and a half minutes left, so I want to make sure you get to the big solution. Um, I won't do a drum roll, but but this is what you say: there is the real power that God promises us. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again: it's the real pro- power that God promises us that overcomes and delivers us from this need to control. So, explain that to everybody because I know they're waiting to hear. So, there's actually really not even just one power, but the arc of the book is that God doesn't give us control, but He does give us agency. We see this in Genesis one and two. Before Adam and Eve reach for that fruit, they have power. They have freedom. They have choice. Purpose. They don't have control, but they're not robots. They're not puppets. They're not prisoners. And so we see them exercising influence on one another, on the world around them, on themselves. And so, kind of the overall trajectory of the book is how do we put down control and pick up this God-given agency, this this influence that that was given to us and, and imbued in us in the beginning of creation and. We see this in in so many different ways, and I'm not going to be able to get into all of it right now, but just kind of a teaser is one form of agency is naming and ordering, that that God ordered the chaos, and then he commissioned Adam to do the same. 
And that's something that I, I learned the difference between during the pandemic when my kids were really loud all the time. And so I tried to basically dominate them by being louder. I was like, if you're going to be loud, I'm going to be louder. And that's yeah. how I'm going to control you. This did not work. What did help was giving them a schedule. Now, it didn't fix everything. <laughs> yeah. They didn't suddenly turn into different children, but it did help in a way that trying to control them did not. And so we see all sorts of, of forms of agency in Genesis 1 and 2 that you can dive into deeper in the book. But the second power that, that we're given. And is I, I, I have to interrupt you, but this is a good teaser because it'll be a reason to pick up the book because we literally have yeah. 90 seconds left. So so you, they can win the book today just by going to info at channelmom.org and saying they want to win it. But how do they find the book for that final answer? The cost of control. How do they find you and the book, Sharon? Uh, the book is sold anywhere books are sold. You can find it on Amazon or anywhere else. And you can find me on Instagram at Sharon H. Miller. Sharon H. Miller. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It would have been a cool answer, but now they'll be motivated <laughs> to co- come find you and find the book. Bless you, my friend. Um, I hope to be in touch with you. And thanks for being on Channel Mom. God bless you and your mothering, dear. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Hey, Kathy Lee Gifford is back on Channel Mom next week with the rabbi. So remember to listen to Channel Mom next week. All right, this is the time of the show that I remind you how important you are. And and maybe you felt overlooked. Maybe you feel like your spouse doesn't appreciate you. Your kids don't appreciate you. The world doesn't appreciate you. Uh, if you're a single mom, you're probably even more exhausted of feeling like nobody notices all that you do. Um, God sees and he has given you this incredible task and you are very important as you raise up that next generation. Um, you can't control them, but you can influence them to change the world and make it a better place. So God bless you for all that you're doing, all the work, all the sacrifice. Hey, do check us out at channelmom.org. You can pray for us. You can become a donor to keep us on the air and to keep us helping moms on the ground. Um, yeah, I just, and I hope you're sort of having a nice end of summer. Probably kids are back in school for most of you. Or you're homeschooling. So God bless ya. <laughs> hi to my mom and dad. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. And hi to my whole family, my kids too. If Channel Mom Radio and podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see from others and families. Visit channelmom.org and click donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.